Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Ron, if if the team were in four and ten and you were competing for a playoffs, would this be the same scenario? Would you continue forward with Sam? Or is this about developing him versus turning to, to Jacoby? Well, if, if this was about if this was about playoffs and and you know we're right in the middle of it and and stuff like that, that's something you have to most certainly consider. You know, are are we do we still have that opportunity to continue to win? You know, and that's that's one of the things you always consider because again, you want to make sure everybody's getting the opportunity to be successful. The voice on that question to Ron Rivera was the voice of Nikki Javala from the Washington Post. Nikki joins us right now, courtesy of our BetQL guest hotline. Uh, that was such a good question, and like I said at the beginning of the show, like that's one of those that Ron should not answer, but I think we've gotten right. used to when he shouldn't answer a question and he does, it's like I've gotten to the point, and I don't know where you've gotten, I know he's telling the truth when he answers one that he shouldn't answer. What did you think? Yeah, I mean... I mean, aside from like totally fumbling the question and you know no, you rambling, um, <laughs> but I yeah, I was totally surprised he answered. I thought he would either just say no, Sam's our guy, which is what he's been saying throughout, or he would say I'm not answering a hypothetical or whatever. Um, but he didn't, and I thought it was very significant that he did not say that Sam is still clearly our guy and would have been our guy in that scenario. Um, I, I, I mean, given that he, I mean, I, I thought the whole press conference was significant, frankly. Um, you know, he doesn't give the straightforward answers. That's never been, that's never who he's been. Um, so you kind of have to read between the lines and, and figure out what he didn't say along with what he did say. Um, and last, after the game, he said they pulled him, they pulled Sam to protect him. I that that was not indicated in his Monday presser. It was all about performance. Um, so yeah, I, I thought it was a very interesting answer. 
Yeah, I mean, that game went from ho-hum, typical, you know, recent blowout to, I think, yes, because this whole season in many ways has been about Sam Howell's development. And in just over an hour, uh, and then a couple of questions afterwards, and then a couple of questions the next day, he put in the minds of everybody watching that, Sam may not be the guy. I, by the way, I think right. many reasonable people have said all season long, who knows, let's just continue to watch, we'll make the decision when we get to the end. Right. Those that have been convinced, uh, it, it, those chances took a blow over the last 36 hours. Agree or disagree? Right. No, I agree. Um, but I, I, I think this has been sort of the, the issue with the whole Sam Howell narrative all along, is everybody wants to take it in single week increments and that's just not how that's not how anybody progresses in anything in life frankly it's all about trends um so i i think you got to look at kind of the totality of his season but also put it into context you know i i think he's a quarterback that has a lot of great qualities that you can't just find with anybody you know the the mobility the arm I think he's shown improvement with his decision-making, working through his progressions. He works hard, clearly. I think he's a smart quarterback. Um, But there are still some shortcomings, and you have to account for that. And there are still some things he's carried over from college that you have to account for. Um, You also have to put it into the context of the season and the personnel around him. Um, Does he have the resources he needs to actually be good, and therefore can you gauge him properly as you would any other player? Um, so I think you have to factor all that in, but I do think, yeah, over these last, you know, five games or whatever, as the offense has kind of fallen apart, his game has not been as good as maybe it was when, you know, he had his really strong performances, like against Philly in those games. Um, so yeah, I think you're, I think you're starting to see more of the shortcomings, but you also have to put it into context of, you know, look where the team's at, that, that team as a whole is falling apart too so you can't put it solely on sam but you know these are things you have to weigh in the future yeah nobody there is going to have to weigh those things it'll be a new regime we'll get to that uh shortly nikki javala is joining us at nikki javala j-h-a-b-v-a-l-a on twitter so I just took calls on the following question because you said it and I agree with you. I think in thinking about what happened Sunday, it's actually very kind of interesting and, and it turned interesting. And in a season in which they've talked about development, they've talked about leaving him in there so he can learn, so he can work through right. it, etc. They yanked him with seven and a half minutes to go. This was not a game in which he was physically being battered. He, he had only been exactly. sacked once, and he hadn't really been hit a ton. Uh, there were much worse games uh, when it exactly. came to that. So why do you think they pulled him? Performance. I don't think they wanted to say it post-game. I think they want to... And I think there's a part of that that's, you know, there's some... You know, I think it's it's smart to be cognizant of you don't want to wreck the kid's confidence in saying certain things publicly, but you did just pull him. You know, you did just bench him publicly. Um, to say that you're trying to protect him, you know, for all the reasons that you just said, he only had one sack. He was not getting pummeled back there. If you're going to leave him in, you know, when he is getting, you know, five sacks and throwing four picks a game, then you got to leave him in here. If it's truly about development. If it's not, um, that's when you pull them. And if it's not, that means it's more about performance. Um, 
Because it's, it's cumulative or just in that game. Like I think there was a level of frustration that had been building and they had just finally yeah, kind of had it. I agree. I agree. I think you're seeing some of the same issues game after game and it's, you know, you you got to be cognizant of the rest of the team at that point, you know. They got to win too. Um, you know, the playoffs, they're not officially eliminated yet, which is incredible really when you think about it. No, they are. Um, are they officially officially? I don't think they've officially they're, been eliminated. Yeah, they're officially eliminated. They were officially eliminated with the loss. Okay. Yeah. Wow, I sound like Ron from last year. Unless the um, NFL's got it wrong. Uh, because the NFL and their communications set out all the teams that were officially okay. eliminated mathematically. Yeah. Okay. I used to be able to I used to be interested in doing that on my own, not as much anymore. But it, Yeah, I mean, I, you know, once you hit 410, sure, either way, we, it doesn't matter either way. Yeah, um, it doesn't matter. It, but your answer would then beg the question, well then why is he going to start on Sunday against the Jets? Well, it, it I mean, this is this is where confusion comes up right. with with Ron Rivera's tenure. You say it's about protecting him. But then the next day you indicate that it's more about performance and then you start him again. So is it about development or is it performance or protecting him? Like wh- where, which is it, you know? Um, so I, yeah, I, I, I think you do, you can't, I shouldn't say you can't, you can do anything. Um, I agree with their decision to say he's still the starter. Give him another chance. It's, it, it's only been, he hasn't had a full season yet. Give the kid a chance, really. But, you know, if you're going to bench him then, what do you think is going to happen in New York? You know, it's not like they're facing a tremendous Jets team, but, you know. A tremendous yeah. Jet defense, actually. Um, that's well, yeah, that's true. Team. They do have a good defense. So, Nikki, but, what do you think specifically are the things that are frustrating them about him and his performance? Um. <laughs> I think missing some, I mean, I know this is one of Ron's cliches, the missed opportunities. He's been saying that for years. But I think if you go back and watch the film, there are some really big missed opportunities um, to get, you know, big plays, to get potential touchdowns. I think not seeing the whole field there, um, I think just the consistency, um, and that's a product, too, of the offense as a whole. Um, I'd say protection still i mean he's gotten better with it but there are still instances where he's got to be aware of you know a blitzer off the edge or something and he's he still gets creamed on a lot of these plays um i think he's had an interception in what four consecutive games um you know little things silly things that he he knows he shouldn't be doing like trying to throw the ball out of bounds and oh crap it's intercepted in the end zone like things like that um Things that I guess most people would attribute to to his relative minimal experience. Um, but, you know, at this point, even though he hasn't had a full season, you've you got to start to eliminate those. Um, as you've seen more, as you've experienced more, you've got to start to eliminate those, and you just see some of the persistent mistakes. I mean, I say all this, so the defense has been, you know, the biggest, the, the weakest link on the whole team, but just talking specifically about Sam. Yeah. Talking to Nikki Javala. So let's wrap it up on Sam with this. You know, things kind of changed in terms of the outside watching this. What are what what's everybody left to believe now about Sam's future? Yeah, I think it's it's still the same as it was six years six 
it's not six years, six weeks ago, honestly, you know, there's still potential there. Um, but I don't think anything is guaranteed. Nothing was guaranteed then, you know, that he'd be the starter, especially with the team likely having a top five pick. I don't think any quarterback's job is guaranteed with that. Um, you know, whether the new regime decides to take a quarterback there or even try to move up and get a quarterback higher, that's, we don't know that yet. I don't, they don't know that yet. Um, so I think it's, it's still as it ever was that he has potential. He's kind of that maybe he could be a good player. He's probably at worst a, a good backup, which is more than most teams have. So I think that's a win for Washington. Um, but what he can ultimately be, we don't know that yet. I, and I don't think we will know that until like he has a, and the line hasn't been terrible over the last five games, so I can't put it solely on them. But until he has, you know, enough resources to succeed, I don't know that we'll fully know what he can be. You know, it's it's funny what you said because Ron, before the season, in talking about you know how he would be vindicated if he left um if he left a contending team with all the players he signed and the quarterback, maybe ultimately what he left everybody with was a really good backup NFL quarterback. Nothing wrong with that in the fifth round, but that would be a big letdown for a lot of people. Right. Even- you didn't have any sort of sense of what went on here the last you know uh, 12 months you'd say wow they got a pretty solid backup quarterback with a fifth round pick not bad good job Ron thank you yeah. um, so but everybody knows in Washington hearing, the backup can instantly become a starter of, well look the, the bottom line is we've seen enough from Sam to know that there are quarterbacks that are much worse that have started games yeah. for teams this year exactly. much worse um, we're talking to Nikki Jibvala. So, um, actually, I was going to ask you about ownership, but real quickly on the team itself. So, do you think it was just the fact that Cam Cheeseman was drafted that they stuck with him as long as they did? Maybe. I mean, look, the guy had two flawless seasons. You know, you, yes. don't, you never hear about a long snapper until he's screwing up, right? You never heard about Cameron Cheeseman unless he was on Tressway's videos or something, right? Like, he was. Everything you'd want in a long snapper for those first two years. And then something changed in training camp when he started having those mistakes. I think maybe his draft status played a part. They did trade up to get him. Um, But also, you know, it's not like there are just a ton of great players sitting out there unsigned, you know. Um, So you've got to be sure that what you do sign is truly truly better than what you have and yeah you can, it's easy to say oh well he's making mistakes so yeah anybody off the street would be better but that's not always the case um and i i, I think at this point they had to make a change in part i mean large you can't put you can't put one of your best players at risk you just can't do that um and trustway is undoubtedly one of their very best players you can't you can't risk injury there and, and cost the team points um so I don't I'm, I I don't mind them sticking with him for as long as they did. I'm surprised that they weren't able to help him correct the issues. I'm surprised that they persisted as long as they did. Speaking of persisted as long as it's persisted, it, it, which how is it that each week of this season, even with a defensive coordinator change and the idea of simplifying things so that the communication wasn't as complex, I guess. How can they continue week in and week out to give up the chunk plays that they've given up all season long? 
it's mind-numbing, isn't it? It's like you watch this over and over, and you get to a point where you just want to throw your computer against the wall. At least that's how I feel as I'm writing games stories you watching it. Yeah. It's just unbelievable. It's at least one or two a game where it's a completely blown coverage. Somebody's not in the right spot. And it's a 40, 50, 60-yard touchdown. It's unbelievable. And then you have all the explosive plays in between where, you know, a a short pass turns into a 15-yard game. Um, But, yeah, like the the Cooper Cup 62-yarder, it's just how does that keep happening? And I – you know, I don't want to blame any one person or any one group, but you got to think it's a mix of players are not – Studying as hard as they need to, players are not executed, they're not paying attention to the details, coaches are not developing them, they're not teaching them. It's got to be a, a, a mix. Um, I, I just don't know how else you can explain this at this point. It's. It, I don't think in timing, because that was not an off-schedule throw to Cooper Cup, I don't think no. I've watching football all season long, in a normal in-timing play, somebody be that wide open. You know, off schedule, you know, extending the play, yeah, you see, you know, eventually coverage will break down, somebody gets behind somebody. In the normal rhythm of the play, there was nobody within 20 yards of him when he caught caught the football. Yeah, I believe the next-gen stat said 17 yards of separation from the nearest Was it 17? Yeah. Yeah, it felt like 20, sorry. Uh, Yeah. Three yards off. What about Forbes? Six snaps yeah. on Sunday. There, there, yeah. there, there's no effort to, to seemingly develop this young player. What's going on there? Yeah, I, I, you know, Ron said it was based on matchup, but you can't. No, that's a that's a first round corner. You know, there is. You draft a player that high. You draft a, a corner that high. He is in the game for every single snap on defense. That's that's why you draft somebody there. Um, that he didn't play only six snaps. One, it could still be injury-related, dealing with the elbow. But I, I think, you know, m- perhaps more likely it's, again, performance. You know, he hasn't – he's had a tough year. Um, you know, getting burned early, getting ejected, coming back, getting hurt. Like, it has not been what anybody expected, including himself, you know, this, this season. I, I – I think the secondary as a whole has been the biggest surprise slash disappointment to me. I thought I thought they were a pretty good unit last year, and with their additions in the offseason, I thought they could be deeper, younger, more versatile, and they've been anything but. I mean, they're just – I feel like Cam Curl's had a down year. Um, still a very fine player, don't get me wrong, but, I, you know, he's – that 62-yarder, I mean, he was directly involved in that. And I, I don't want to sign blame because I don't know the call. Um, we talked to Benjamin St. Juice afterwards. He said it was just miscommunication. You're supposed to switch on, you know, just on who you're supposed to cover. And it was him and Cam Curl um, that hung low, and Percy Butler had moved inside as a deep post safety. But, um, yeah, I, I just think they're not on the same page at all. And is that a product of teaching? Is that a product of learning? Guessing both. You know, in mentioning the secondary, and I agree with you, it's certainly near the top of the list if it's not at the top of the list. But at the end of last year, and I and I forget what your position was or your opinion was, but one of my biggest takeaways from the season was I was pleasantly surprised with 
the roster they had. You know, we knew that there were offensive line issues, maybe linebacker issues, and certainly the quarterback was a big question mark, but that the roster looked strong in more areas than it, it had looked in years. And mm-hmm. he, are less than a year later, and it looks like a complete rebuild now. Yep. Uh, the explanation for that, there's really two. It, the coaches didn't get the most out of good players, or the players actually aren't nearly as good as we think, or it's a blend of the two. What's your answer? Yeah, Probably a blend of the two. Um, you know, I think, listen, I think July is the happiest time of the year for every team. Everybody thinks their team could contend for the Super Bowl at that point. Like, every draft pick is the savior for that team. You know how it is. Every yeah. freaking year. Um, so Emmanuel Forbes, all the talk was, you know, they led, led the NCAA and pick sixes, you know, he's a ball hawk. We're going to get takeaways. He's, you know, he's going to add to the defense. They got another versatile, you know, nickel and Quan Martin. Um, see, I, I think it's another one where, yeah, a lot of these guys look great on paper and look great in theory. Um, everything changes when, the action is live, though, and when these guys have to transition to the pace of the pro game and the level of talent at the pro level, um, and I, I think we're starting to see a lot of, you know, the the shortcomings with the personnel. I mean, they have a lot of talent, but the receivers are basically all the same. You know, they don't they don't have that bigger body Cam Sims type like they did in the past, which I think is helpful to kind of mix it up. Um, their tight ends haven't been nearly as relevant as many would have liked. I'm I'm assuming um, blocking has been an issue from that group too. Um, the run game, I mean, after that whole two to one nonsense about the run game in January, <laughs> um, it's been non-existent. But yeah. I shouldn't say non-existent. It's been very effective when used, but they don't use it that yeah. much. Um, and the, you know the linebackers. I think that the linebackers, based on the assumption that oh, Jamin Davis, maybe he can improve a bit. Cody Barton, you know, we'll see what he is. There's some unknown there and hope there. Defensive line, at that point, you still had Montez and Chase on the edge, and, and Chase was looking better than he than he had before, certainly, since coming back from the injury. Um, and the secondary, it, it looked deeper on paper. So, yeah, it was all in it, kind of an in theory, and then once it all, you know, you put it on the field, and it's just like, yikes. You know, I was I was thinking the other day, like at the end of every season, every team you know announces an offensive MVP, a defensive MVP, a special teams MVP. Like it's going to be so hard. Brian Robinson Jr. may be the only player you can point to and say, you know, he was pretty good for pretty much every game that he was in, for the most yeah. part. I mean, maybe Curtis Samuel. Am I missing anybody? Like, who's going to be the defensive MVP? That's what's sad is like, and John Kime and I have this conversation pretty much every game because he has to, you know, select who's up, who's down, and it's always a struggle to select who's up. You know, there are a lot yeah. of like, um, you know, I, th- I think Brian Robinson deserves probably more credit than he'll get for this season. You know, he didn't touch the ball that much, but he was very effective when he did. I thought the way he adapted to EB's offense was shows a lot about who he is as a player too, because that takes commitment. He did kind of transform his game. He wasn't he could always catch the ball, but he wasn't known as that, and he he adapted to the scheme. 
there were occasional moments where blocking was amiss, but that was a you know that was the case for the running backs, the tight ends, everybody really. Um, yeah, I think Curtis has probably had the best year among the receivers. Jahan has had a down year. I thought he would have a breakout year. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I, I agree so, with you. I think it's kind July, of July. It was all about oh, quarterback with an arm and Eric. Yeah. Offense, Jahan Dotson's going to blow yeah. up. Yeah, um, yeah, they were kind of the dark thing, horse, you, know, you know, the quarterback like, with the zone matching six pick sixes. Right. Look out, here we come. Um, right. All right. So let me wrap it up with this because obviously it's about what's next, not about what's now. So what direction, like the the structure, do you think that Josh Harris will go in? Do you think it'll be GM, GM hires coach? Do you think there's a, a, a spot above a GM that might get hired, a team president that's a football guy that hires the GM and then the coach? Yeah. What, are you, what are you hearing? What is your hunch as far as the direction they'll go in, in forming the new football structure? My hunch at this point is GM coach. As far as team president and kind of that role there. I think it's possible, and I know you had that report that, you know, Marty Herney has has kind of has Josh Harris's ear a bit. Um, and I get that. I think that's kind of his job right now. How long he'll that'll last, we'll see. I don't – I think this is going to be a m- massive rebuild from the top down. Um, now, how much they do immediately is what I'm – Still trying to figure out, like, will they focus this off season on rebuilding the football operations, GM, coach, everything that comes with it? Will they do personnel after the draft, which many teams do, since you've done the legwork going into the draft, and it's kind of it can be more difficult to restart that um, in time for April. And then, do they focus on the business operations? Maybe next year, maybe get through another year of that. Do what they can to add improvements to the stadium, um, continue to build up sales, and kind of redo that whole operations so you don't implode everything at once. I think that's a possibility, but we'll see. Um, But at this point, I'm expecting GM and coach. I think it's still early, and a lot of that could depend on the candidates that are available at certain points. Right. Yeah, and with respect to Herney, uh, just uh, for those listening, I know some people have have heard it. What I said was he's got Josh Harris's ear inside that building more than anybody else does, but Mm -hmm. in no way do do I think actually Marty Herney will be a big part of the new regime. Um, Right. I I think that that's... And I'm with you on that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, completely changed. Um, That's interesting, by the way, the last thing that you said is that maybe on the business side, they'll wait for a year. Uh, you know, that that's the one area in which this year they can probably point to and say, we made some progress, but of exactly. course, all because Dan's gone. I mean, that was part of the business plan, remember, that Josh yep. put together, is that once Dan is gone, look at what revenues um, we'll, what revenue will do. Um, but that would be interesting, because I think a lot of people are interested in what happens on that side of the building as well. Uh, yeah, thank and you. I, I think the one benefit yeah. they have there is they have, more infrastructure in place with right. the owners. Mark Iron knows what he's doing and rebuilding sort of the, the, you know, getting fans back and rejuvenating things. I mean, Sarah, Mitch Rails is a obviously a savvy businessman. You know, I think they have more infrastructure there with the owners as well as Harris Blitzer, which is the, you know, the core company that 
Josh Harris owns with right. David Blitzer, they have folks in place to kind of fill in gaps where needed. All right, I lied. I got one more question for you. They're on the clock at number four, end of April. Quarterback, yes or no? If I'm picking or if they're picking. No, I just you. Well, both. I mean, I think if you have a top five pick and you're not settled on your quarterback, you take a quarterback. I think you keep swinging on quarterback until you find one. That's always been my theory. I, I hate when teams that need a quarterback take, like, a pass rusher at number five like the Broncos did way back when. Um, um, if they're picking, it'll all depend on how they truly feel about Sam and how if it, I, I also wouldn't be surprised if, you know, maybe they think, oh, let's, let's rack up more picks. Let's move back, try to add like a tackle later in the first round and collect more picks and try to really build up this roster. I think at this point, nothing would surprise me, but if it's me, I'm taking a quarterback. If you don't know the guy, you just keep taking him. Yeah, and I th- I would bet that the new people coming in, and, and that was part of the question too, is what do you think the new people will come in and see in Sam, and will they arrive at the same yeah. conclusion? Right. Yep. Yeah, and I, th- I I think there's a pretty it's there's a pretty good chance they will. Uh, thanks for doing this as always. Great job. Appreciate of it. Of course. Thanks, Hook. Nikki Javala, everybody from the Washington Post. We'll get to some Denton news when we come back. Kevin Sheehan Show on the Team 980, theteam980.com. We're also free and live on the Odyssey app. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Hitting the news you might have missed. It's Denton's Daily News. All right, Denton, how about those Wizards? Oh, you already talked about them. Are we going to talk about their 143-131 loss we'll, we'll last talk night? A, we'll talk a little bit, but I want to talk with the team about the team right now that's one-upping them because we had largely considered the Wizards the worst team in the NBA, and the Detroit Pistons have said, hold my beer. Uh, they're on the verge of history, Kevin. They have now lost 24 games in a row. They're 2-24 or 2-25 on the season, but they're 20 loser 24 in a row. The longest streak um, losing streak in NBA history spanned two seasons. That was 28 games. That was the Philadelphia 76ers when they were in the full blown tanking mode. The longest, yeah, the Josh Harris, the longest single season losing streak is the post decision 2010, 2011 Cleveland Cavaliers that lost 26 consecutive games. The Pistons next four games, they got the jazz at home, on the road against Brooklyn, home against Brooklyn, and then on the road against Boston. Okay, so they've lost 24 in a row? 24. And by the way, last night, Cade Cunningham, their guard, 43. 43. I saw that. <laughs> he actually, I did not love him coming out. He's a good player. Oh, How's Jaden Ivey playing for them? Because I really thought Jaden Ivey from Purdue had a chance to be a really good pro, too. He's averaging 11, 11, 3, and and 2. Not sensational. But Kate Cunningham has developed into a pretty good scorer. What is he averaging? He's got to be 25 somewhere around there. He's got some big games a lot of nights. Yeah, he's averaging 22, 22 and 7. I mean, this, by the way, for people not paying attention, which is the majority of you, um, we're on a pace for the all-time highest-scoring NBA season of all time. I mean, if you, like me, pay any kind of attention to the league, I mean, last night, as an example, the Kings won a game scoring 143 against the Wizards, who scored 131. The Clippers, who are the hottest team in the NBA, and all of a sudden it's starting to work with Harden. Um, and Kawhi Leonard's on an absolute tear, by the way. Uh, they beat the Pacers 151 to 127. There was another game that was 138 130. Every night you've got somebody scoring 140 to 150 a night. Um, it's as entertaining 
in terms of just pure offense and shot making and scoring as the league's ever been, um, which will make, I think, for a really interesting postseason when you eventually get to it. But uh, yeah, the, the, the irony, as I mentioned the other day when we were talking about the Pistons, is they've lost now 24 in a row, but they started the season 2-1. and one. I mean, they haven't lost. They they have not won since you know week three or whatever it was. Uh, it's got it. And most of the games are ugly. Last night, I think they were relatively close. Um, I watched the NBA game and then flipped it on for the end of the Wizards game, and just because it's interesting to me that they've played better recently. They beat the Pacers Friday night. They were up eight going into the fourth quarter against the Suns on the road. Bradley Beal's hurt again. And then um, (laughs) last night, Jordan Poole, I mean, he could not miss. He was on fire from behind the arc. Uh, but you know it's it's a joke of a team. I do like Kulabali. Some of you have, have said, "Are you watching this young kid? Their first round pick um, from France?" Yeah, I've watched enough of them. There's a lot there to like. I mean, he's got the body type to be um, one of those excellent defenders, and he also is a better shooter and a better offensive player than I thought he would be at this point. You know, he's just what is he? 18, 19 years old. Something yeah. like that. He's super. Yeah. Hey, poll question: Who gets the second contract? Sam Howell or Bilal Koulibaly? <laughs> mm. He's basically think, just there, Sam Howell. Yeah. Well, no, but, but he was a first round pick with super high upside. Well, yeah, but I'm saying like this season, we don't care about the wins and the losses. Oh, as right, long right, as right. That guy ends no, up no, being no. This good. Season's about that's a win. Watching him because he'll he's going to be right. If that's what you're saying, he's going to be a part of their future. Exactly. Um Okay, what else do you have? Well, one quick other uh, NBA story, which you're gonna you're gonna love this. I actually don't hate this, by the way. I, I think it's necessary. I know what you're gonna say. The Lakers, the Lakers stupid. rose that in-season tournament banner. All right, oh one down. You got to be kidding me! Right next to the championship banner. So glad they lost the game afterwards, <laughs> which they did to the Knicks last night. The irony of that. I mean, raising an in-season banner. Really? Look, I, I I will I'll I'll give kudos to the NBA players, the NBA family for getting behind this and actually making it a much bigger event than I ever thought. I was dead wrong. I thought this was going to be completely overshadowed by football season, that the players weren't going to care, that this was just going to be a joke, and it wasn't. The games were intense. The players played hard. They they treat. I mean, it, there was a playoff atmosphere in some of these games, um, but raising the in-season banner, I hope they didn't put it next to all of those great Laker teams that won titles. I hope that in-season banner is like somewhere tucked in the corner of crypto arena is it uh, well i'm doing some research my biggest uh wonder was did magic johnson tweet about it i do not see magic johnson or did ai tweet on his behalf because it certainly doesn't seem like he's actually um tweeting all right what else all right so in the nfl according to robert sala aaron Rodgers quote wants to play the jets are eliminated from playoff contention zach wilson's in concussion protocol he left early uh this past weekend he's gonna be on pat mcafee today i think he hosts an hour which that adds up i guess so we'll get more uh information out of aaron Rodgers potentially i don't know i i don't think he's gonna play uh, against our team this weekend or again i don't think there's a reason for him to play again this season but 
Aaron Rodgers is he's going to Aaron Rodgers. It would be so irresponsible for the Jets organization to play Aaron Rodgers this year. They have been eliminated from the postseason. There is no upside to playing Aaron Rodgers right now. In fact, you know, there's only a downside like we've been talking about with respect to our team. Why win games? And Aaron Rodgers with that defense, probably if he's healthy and playing even at 60% of Aaron Rodgers, that's better than anything they've had all year long. Why would you play him? That's where, honestly, an owner needs to step in and say, uh-uh, I, I'm paying him, what is it, 40-something million dollars a year? No, it's all about 2024 and making sure he is ready to go. There is no benefit of putting him on the field. Now, from our standpoint, that would make Sunday worth watching to see Aaron Rodgers you know, come back in the, the shortest turnaround in the history of Achilles injuries and play for the Jets. The If you guys haven't watched the Jets this year, they are so good defensively. Now they are getting a little bit banged up here as of late and Sunday they got beat 30 to nothing. But in some of these games even if you look at the final scores in the first quarter and a half, first half, I mean they beat the snot out of people and then it's just that they can't score offensively and eventually it just gets away from them. But that is that's one hell of a defensive Football team, I think DVOA-wise, the Jets are still in the top two or three defensively, which is a miracle considering they have one of the worst offenses the DVOA's ever measured. Number three, DVOA defense in the league, still number three, 32 offense, dead last offensively. I mean, just so everybody understands, the, the offensive DVOA is a percentage number. Um, they're at negative 33.6%. That is historically low. And next worst are the Giants, which, and they're 5.5% better than the Jet offense. The Jet offense, who are they going to start at quarterback if it's not Aaron Rodgers? Is it Simeon? I think it'll be Simeon, yeah. I mean, he's he's brutally awful. I mean, I feel like we've said that about a lot of quarterbacks this year, and then all of a sudden, you know, Josh Dobbs, you know, Jake Browning, um, DeVito. Um, last night, I mean, a lot of people think Drew Locke's a joke. Cooley always loved Locke coming out at Missouri. He's like, that guy can make every single NFL throw in the right offense he'll be able to play. He had the moment of his career last night. Drew Locke did. That drive was spectacular. The throw to the, the, the touchdown throw is a beauty. The throw to, to DK Metcalf that got him down there within striking range was a pretty damn good throw and a great catch by Metcalf. Um, but uh, I don't know, man. The, the Jet situation at quarterback's been the biggest joke. All they had to do was go sign Joe Flacco. You know, when they were, remember at, some, at one point they were still with that defense winning some games? You know, they, they had, didn't they have a 500 record at one point? Like four and four or five and five? Not five and five. Are they five and nine now? Um, if, they had, if they had signed Flacco, they would be definitely a playoff team. They had Flacco last year too, remember? Early. But wanted to, uh, to see Zach Wilson. All right, what else you got? All right, DeMonte Kazi, the uh, stage for the Pittsburgh Steelers, yeah. suspended the rest of the year for the hit that he had on uh, Michael Pittman over the weekend. The I Colts haven't Steelers seen the game. hit yet. 
I don't know why I haven't seen that. It was pretty. It was pretty brutal, but I don't know if it was suspension for the rest of the year worthy. But apparently, this guy's had other issues. This yeah, was only it's like the first Kareem time. Jackson. Yeah, but this was only the first time he was flagged. So he'd been fined before for hits, but this was only the first time he'd been flagged for uh, an illegal hit. Yeah, I don't know that getting flagged means anything because they miss so many calls. It's what they see afterwards and how many times a player gets fined and how many. I'm, I'm looking at the play right now. I didn't see any of this game uh, on Saturday. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Is Pittman out? Uh, he definitely left the game. I mean, the fact that he was walking was impressive after that one. <laughs> That's a big hit. That is a big hit, and that is a leading with helmet hit. Man, these guys. And it's hard to play that position, though. Really hard to play that position. Um, what else? Anything else? He basically reverse scorpioned. Um, do you want a college story or do you want the Chargers hilarious story? Uh, I don't care. Whatever you think. All right, I'll give you the Chargers hilarious story. According to sources, they have, quote, no limitations on their next hire. I feel like that should be a given when you're hiring a head coach with Justin <laughs> Herbert, but no limitations for the Chargers. They can go anywhere Sp- they want. Spanos, the, the son, owns the team, right? The, the Dean Spanos' son? Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. No no limit. Yeah, I mean, if you have to say that, it kind of means that you've been, that there you know, bargain shopping. For the, <laughs> for the, I mean, that Brandon Staley was basically, uh, you know, a Black Friday special. Uh, where they got deep discounts. I don't know. Um, that I do think the whole conversation about the the open jobs, you know, and they're going to be eight to ten of them. Um, it's going to be a busy, busy off season. And you know, we we talked about this last week, but Bill Barnwell put out that story about um, you know ranking the job openings, and he had Washington way down the list. You know, of ten potential openings, he had them at uh, seven. And I, I, I see the Chargers, obviously, being a really good job. I see the Chicago job being a good job. I guess to a certain extent because of where New England potentially will be drafting this year. Um, but Washington's got to be top three or four. Now, the, the Chargers... I'd rather take the burden hand with Justin Herbert. And I do think it's a burden hand. I do. I think Justin Herbert, with the right staff, with the right team around him, I I, I like Justin Herbert. Uh, I, I think you can win big with Justin Herbert eventually, um, and I know it hasn't happened. And they blew a twenty-seven nothing, uh, you know, lead in the playoff game last year. But Washington's intriguing. You know, I, what what Barnwell kind of wrote is just that there's still this haze over the Washington you know, situation. Even though everybody understands Dan is gone, this season being one of the worst in recent memory for the franchise, and there, as we've talked about before, plenty to choose from, there's still this feeling of, you know, my God, that place. There's no worse place in the league to go to to play a game. Their fans don't show up. It's a road game. Like, there's a lot that is going to be carryover. Um, So... I'm not saying that they're in the same position that they were with Dan. That's not true at all. It's much more attractive. People, you know, and agents understand that Dan's gone and that there is, you know, some level of pent-up demand um, in this market and that if you came in here and you turned it around, you would be, you know, 
you'd 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 have a statue built to you. Um, be careful though with statues. But I I would uh, I I still think it's a, an attractive job. I do. I, I mean the picks, the salary cap space, um, having you know a, a new ownership group. I hope they're able to get who they want to get. But the Chargers' job's attractive, especially now since there will be no limitations on who they go after. What was your college story, real quickly? Uh, Nebraska just landed a huge recruit yesterday, the second quarterback in the upcoming high school class, the number 8 overall recruit, Dylan Rayola, flipped from Georgia to Nebraska. Now, it's worth mentioning his father played on those great 90s Nebraska teams. I believe he was a linebacker, Dom Rayola, and his his father— uh, his uncle is a yeah. um, uh, a coach on yeah, staff. I read that. Yeah, yeah. Didn't Matt Rule land somebody else last week too? Well, remember they? Yeah, he did. But they also had an opportunity to get Kyle McCord, and then Kyle McCord went to Syracuse instead, which leads me to believe that Kyle McCord was the backup plan in case Raiola didn't want to come and play for them. That's a huge get for Matt Rule. Man, Nebraska is one of those places where. Um, you know, their fan base probably thinks there's something um, that they're not anymore. Uh, I think a lot of college fan bases fall into that trap of thinking there's something that they're not anymore. And the real issue with Nebraska, as much as anything else, is location. You know, as the the powerhouse teams that, you know, grew out of the South and the SEC in particular and the state of Florida, all of them, and... Uh, you know, Nebraska in the middle of nowhere in Lincoln, um, it just became over the years less desirable. And then the memories of, of Nebraska's greatness, just, you know, we can say that about our professional football team here. I mean, nobody that, f- you know, you got to be of a certain age now as a fan of the sport to remember that this franchise was actually relevant. Most people think it's irrelevant and has been that way forever. They don't know. Um, and Nebraska, I think, has really, really been hurt by the location. You know, it's truly in the middle of nowhere, even though that state loves everything. You know, I, I remember Mark Turgeon telling me um, that Nebraska was one of his, and, and, and uh, Willard has said the same thing, that Nebraska is just amazing to everybody in that league in the Big Ten because they've had some bad basketball teams. But when you go there in the middle of January, and it's snowing outside, somehow that arena is packed. No empty seats for every game. Didn't they fill up um, Cornhusker Stadium for a volleyball game in the fall? A women's volleyball game? it was sick. It was so cool. Oh, my God, that was awesome. Yeah, you're right about that. Can you imagine living in a state like that where that college and everything about that college when it comes to sports is everything for you? Now, people who live in Omaha and places like that, they're Chiefs fans, I think, primarily, so it's been great from that standpoint as well. Um, But, my God, we don't know in big cities on both coasts, you just have – we have no idea what it means to be so immersed and so deep into, you know – a college program. We've had that certainly at times in this city, more so than even say New York or Boston, you know, on the East coast with, with the college basketball teams, Maryland and Georgetown. Um, but man, football and, and they support everything in those places. Amazing. All right. Uh, we 
We'll come back. Uh, I want to tell you about Montez Sweat, what he's been doing if you're not paying attention to it. Um, And then Mike Jones will join us at noon. Kevin Sheehan Show, Team 980. Wizards in action last night on the road on the West Coast, taking on the Sacramento Kings. They dropped to 4-22 and with a 143-131 loss. Jordan Poole, 10-8 from the field, 8 of 13 from three-point range. He let all he let all Wizards scores with 28 points. De'Aaron Fox put in 30 for the Kings to lead all scores. The Wizards in action on Thursday against the Portland Trailblazers as they continue their West Coast swing. In college hoops, the uh, the momentum that was built by uh, women's basketball, Caitlin Clark, uh, has very much continued over to this season. They've sold out a couple of road venues already this season. That streak continues. The February 3rd matchup right here against Maryland at the Xfinity Center, according to Kareem Copeland, is officially sold out. It's the first sellout for the Maryland women since they hosted UConn back in late December of 2016, almost 10 years to the date. And that's what's trending. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.